In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Uh, I am Dick Elwood. Uh, I think most of you know that, but some of you might not. But I was here for about four years. Um, it was an amazing thing. Uh, we lived in Fredericksburg, but I worked here, um, kind of commuted back and forth. Um, wonderful time. Wonderful time in my life and ministry uh, to get to be here at, um, at St. Francis under working under Stuart Bates and with Bob Wismer. Uh, David Price uh, took my place. Mrs. Elwood, would you stand up? Mrs. Elwood, way back there. There she is. Uh, Jane was not able to make it last Sunday, but she's here this Sunday, and glad you could come. Uh, she wanted to hear the sermon. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. She already heard the sermon, and she said, Dick, what could you do with that sermon? I said, I don't know. I don't know what I can do with this sermon. Uh, you heard the gospel. Let me just digress just a minute, if I may. I think it's very important to, to be reminded every once in a while uh, of, I think, this very important part, this very important tenet of who we are as Episcopalians. Uh, I'm thinking of the, of the church year, okay? The church year in its totality. The church year uh, rotates every year. Uh, it begins... Uh, the church year begins on either the last Sunday in November or the first Sunday in December. And that's kind of like January 1st for us in the secular calendar. And for the first six months, uh, we live by the first half of the church year. And that means we are waiting for Christ's birth. Um, the angels, the shepherds, the wise men come, the flight into Egypt, uh, Jesus' baptism, calling the disciples, uh, preaching in Galilee, uh, increasing tension between himself and the Jewish leaders, finally the arrest and the trial and the crucifixion and the resurrection, and then over the last few weeks we've had uh, the ascension of Christ where he said, I will not leave you comfortless, but send the Holy Spirit. And then we had the day of Pentecost, uh, when the Holy Spirit did indeed come. Now, the point of all that is also mainly to say that we have just now entered into the second half of the church year. And this part of the church year will go until, like I said, the end of November. Actually, it will be November the 24th, which will be the last Sunday in Pentecost, and December the 4th, I think it is, will be the first Sunday in Advent. In this second half of the church year, we shift from learning about and watching and seeing and hearing uh, Jesus's ministry and all that happened, if you will, in his earthly life. In this part of the church year, from now till the end of November, we will be hearing Jesus' teachings, if you will. This is sort of the teaching phase of the church year. Um, you know that Jesus told a lot of stories, loved to tell stories. Uh, his stories always made a point, 
and I just think of just off the top of my head the, the return of the prodigal son or that incredible story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus by night or the story of Mary Magdalene, you know that story no doubt, or the story of the Samaritan woman at the well or the feeding of the 5,000, that, that incredible story. You, you know these stories. But then also in this second half of the church here, Healing is a major point, major part of this second half of the church year. As a matter of fact, obviously, the reading for today is part of the many accounts of healing that we will indeed hear about and experience over these next several months. I I just wanted to remind you of that shift from one part of the church year following the life of Jesus to the second part of the church year when we learn from him the stories and watch him heal and all of that. Fear. Fear is a powerful, powerful enemy. A fear can literally paralyzes in one way or another. Most of you are too young to remember this, but in his first inaugural address, President Roosevelt said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Let me try to put this story of healing today into a certain context. The, um, the part that's not read, but just before our gospel for today, has Jesus calming the Sea of Galilee in that storm. They were in a boat, Jesus and the disciples, they were going from the um, western side, the shore, over to the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, A big storm arose. Jesus was asleep. He wasn't worried. The disciples were terrified, fearful, as they often were. They woke him up, and and, um, Jesus just simply calmed the storm, and then he he and his disciples arrived at the opposite shore. And this is where our gospel for today picks up. No sooner had Jesus stepped out of that boat when this demon-possessed man comes up to him and threw himself at the feet of Jesus. That poor man was filled literally with fear. A part of this particular story that you might not realize or might not ever think about is the demons were scared also. You know why? Because they knew Jesus. They knew the power that Jesus had. I think you could go on to say somewhat tongue-in-cheek that they're 
there aren't any atheists or agnostics among the demons. Oh boy, they know God and they believe in God. They have a particular knowledge of God that fills them with great fear. They are very, very much aware of God's power. Fear. Fear is all over the place in this particular gospel reading. The disciples are still afraid from their journey from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other. The demon-possessed man, the people in the town, everybody was afraid. And after the healing of the man possessed and the destruction of the demons, guess what? The townspeople, the people that lived in that area wanted Jesus to leave. They were afraid of him and his power. With all the fear that's in the gospel today, guess what? Other than Jesus, there was only one person who was no longer fearful. And that was the man who once had been possessed by the demons. He was healed. And he was so grateful. He now had a life free from fear. And he never, ever wanted to leave Jesus' side again. Well, Jesus didn't stay long in that area. He barely left the beach. But nonetheless, he did establish, if you will, a foothold which came in the form of the commission he gave to the man who was once possessed. No, no, no. No, you don't need to come with me. You can do much better work right here. You go home. You declare among your relatives and friends and acquaintances here in this town and this surrounding area, you declare to them how much God has done for you. Be bold enough to do that. And that's what he did. He stayed and immediately went about the area proclaiming how much Jesus had done for him. He lived out. He lived out the divine commission. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, used this man. And interestingly enough, the next time Jesus came back to that area, to that town and that countryside, all the people, everybody, came to hear and see Jesus and be healed and touched by him. A little-known tradition that probably none of you have ever heard about, 
says this, church tradition tells us that that little town, the home of the garrisons on the eastern shore of Galilee, that little town became the site of one of the earliest churches among the Gentiles. One of the earliest Christian churches among the Gentiles. And you know, it's quite possible that representatives from that community attended the council that formalized the creed that we will recite together in just a moment. Can you follow that from abject fear to becoming followers of Jesus to the church that was formed to going to this early church council and probably being a part of those who formalized the creed. So over these next several months, as we continue in the season of Pentecost, we will hear a number of healing stories, accounts of healing. And in many different ways, the Bible tells us that we have, we have, each of us have many spiritual enemies. Among these are sin and death and the devil. Today's gospel tells us that Jesus has power over the devil and his demons. Other parts of the Bible tell of the power Jesus has to overcome our other enemies. Jesus conquered these forces with his own suffering and his own death on the cross. We, we have no reason whatsoever like the townspeople initially did in this gospel story. We don't have any reason at all to be afraid of Jesus. He loves us he cares for us so much that he sacrificed himself for us and provides all that is best for us. He has freed us from any fear, any fear we might have of God and gives us the grace which would be the gifts of love and life with him. Amen.